Cynthia A. Thomas is a licensed counselor in the state of Maine. She is also licensed and ordained with the International Church of Foursquare Gospel. Cynthia's teaching is focused on ordinary people learning an extraordinary way of loving God and loving others. Where church isn't a building, it's people learning together and encouraging each other to follow the teaching of Jesus. Thanks for joining today, and now here is Cindy with today's focus. Ephesians 6, 10-18 Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Praying at all times. Let's just look at that for a minute. This does not mean that we can never say anything unless it's a prayer. Some people have actually told me they thought that, and the idea discouraged them so much they didn't pray at all. That is just one example of how truth can go off track and become a lie. Getting the truth off track is a high priority Ephesians 6.11 scheme, strategy, and deceit of the evil one. If the satanic realm can take a perfectly righteous truth of God's word and then warp it all out of balance, that has the potential to be particularly damaging to the message of the gospel. And without focusing on the rest of the world, I've watched that evil strategy happen in God's church again and again. I understand the seriousness of our adversary the devil, and I understand this particular battle strategy pretty well. For the past 40 years, I have served Jesus. And for the last 20 years, God has been healing me from religious abuse and reteaching me because of the damage that warped truth did to me in the church. Truth taken off track is incredibly damaging. If you were to ask me what I am most concerned about in my walk with God, it is this that I might not rightly divide the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15, and thereby bring some precious soul into the bondage of self-condemnation and the hopelessness of never being good enough in or for service to God. And I am concerned about that because that's what happened to me.
I felt like a second-class Christian who was never good enough. I understand and embrace the truth that with all my study and seeking God, there is still a chance that I might be wrong about something. We all have a personal responsibility to be humble and follow Jesus and look for ourselves into the Word of God as we seek Him in prayer for His truth. That's why the very first podcast I ever did was titled Be a Sieve and was all about personal responsibility to seek God for ourselves no matter what we read or hear from about God from others. If you haven't heard that podcast, I would encourage you to go listen to that one. And the second one is called Adiaphora Disputable Matters. Those two podcasts lay a foundation for the attitude of learning and growing that I personally believe we all should have to be healthy, well-balanced Jesus followers. Praying at all times does not mean we never say anything unless it's a prayer. It means we pray about everything. That includes praying about whether or not what we are learning from someone is the word rightly divided. And even if it is rightly divided by the teacher we're listening to, how does God want to apply that truth to us personally in our walk, growing from glory to glory toward the likeness of Jesus? Remember the our part and God's part in this faith walk? To search these things out with God is our part. God's part is to supply the truth and lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalms 23.3 Will we seek God to follow him? or blindly follow what we're told by other people. Back to the idea that one of Satan's strategies is to warp truth off balance and therefore make it a lie. Do you know that when a train is on a track and it's supposed to turn and go another direction on a very different track, that the actual spot where the tracks shift and move the train off its original course can be very small in terms of the degree of that shift. It is like when we rightly divide the word of truth. A little error within the course of the truth can end up taking us in a completely wrong direction. That's why taking truth and warping it into error is one of Satan's favorite strategies and deceits because it can really mess up the way a Christian thinks. That's why it's so easy for Christ's own church to sometimes get along with each other so badly. And since we're supposed to be known for our love for each other, John 13, 35, isn't that just a wonderful demonic strategy against God's church? Back to our Ephesians 6:18 text praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. We need to pray about everything. We're not supposed to leave God awareness out of our day. So what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Well, that's caused a lot of controversy too. 
Some Pentecostals will staunchly tell us that this means praying in tongues. Other denominations tell us that this means welcoming the Holy Spirit into our prayer in our regular language. And I've heard both groups strongly criticize the other one's point of view. I personally am not always from the camp of either or. Because I have found that a lot of things in this life can actually be a both and, not an either or. To pray at all times in the Spirit is to invite the Holy Spirit into our prayer lives, whether we're speaking in our regular language or not. You can see here that even how we pray can become a controversial subject. The enemy's strategy is so predictable. Divide the house so it may be conquered. Jesus told us that that is what happens in a house divided. Matthew 12:25 and Mark 3:25. We must live out our Christianity in light of how we handle disputable matters the matters that we do not have clear scripture about. That's why I did the second podcast message called Adiaphora, Disputable Matters. That's why I said earlier that no matter how much learning we have, we have to understand this, that we have a finite humanity from a fallen nature from the Garden of Eden And maybe, just possibly, we could be the one that's off a few degrees in our thinking. We're told in Ephesians 6.18 to pray with all kinds of prayer. And here's one kind of prayer. This is from Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in your way everlasting. Opening ourselves to God for examination and correction is vital for a healthy Christian. That is part of praying at all times, to know that our minds just might need renewing on any given subject is an attitude of humility to come before Jesus asking him to examine our hearts, souls, minds. Being humble before God is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare, in the simplest way I can explain it, is this, to submit to the sovereignty and guidance of the Lord to make sure our attitudes and actions line up with the living and written Word of God. We bow to God alone, not our feelings, not our circumstances, not what other people tell us, not even our own logic and understanding. We are told to pray at all times. That means we just don't leave God out of anything. We don't go into any situation thinking, I got this. If we think anything like that, it should be, God's got this. (laughs) So let's just look at Proverbs 3, 
verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight before you. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now, we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding. It doesn't mean we can't have an understanding, or even wisdom, or knowledge. What it's saying is don't just go into a situation with your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge God. Don't just be wise in your own eyes. Yes, we have our own understanding. Yes, we learn and grow and are wise, but don't leave God out of anything thinking you got it with no questions. When I go into a situation that I'm feeling pretty confident about, I still shoot up a prayer on my way in. I at least acknowledge that my success here is dependent on the authority that's going in backing me up. I like to call what I do with these little prayers popcorn prayers. That's just another kind of prayer. As I go into a situation, I'll pop up a prayer as I go. It might sound like, thank you God, you're with me. Give me wisdom here and be glorified, I pray. However, sometimes things are happening really quick, and so I pop up a prayer that goes really fast like, help here, Dad, or oh, Jesus. I have actually found over the years that I can have a my spirit to God's spirit conversation going on while I'm dealing with something. I don't fully understand how that works. (laughs) But God honors a heart attitude to always seek Him. In all my ways, I try to acknowledge my God. And like Proverbs 3 says, I count on Him making the paths I'm on straight before me, no matter how crooked they seem to have started out. (laughs) Our attitudes are everything sometimes. Two people can be doing the same thing, yet for one it is good before God, and the other it is not good before God. How does that work? Well, let's stick with the prayer examples we're talking about, and look at Luke 18, 10 through 14. Jesus speaking. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. But the tax collector, standing afar off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, This man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. There's the humility idea again. Here are two people in the temple of God and in prayer. Yet the prayer attitude that Jesus commends is not the one of the religious leadership in this example. Can you see? how we can be in church and in worship and prayer 
and still not be in a right attitude with God? The kind of prayer that opens our hearts and minds before God to ask Him to examine our own thoughts and attitudes is absolutely vital to maintaining healthy Christianity. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, He says He will exalt us. James 4.10 I'd love to be exalted by the Lord, <laughs> wouldn't you? The purpose of prayer is to bring us to a balance with the rightly divided word of truth, and the sword of the Spirit is a double-edged sword. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. While the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, fights the enemy, just like it did when Jesus used it to fight in the temptation of the wilderness experience from Matthew 4, the sword also cuts to the core of who we are in order to bring us to repentance of unscriptural attitudes and actions in our own lives. That is how we go from glory to glory toward the image of Christ, 2 Corinthians 3.18. God will use every circumstance in our lives to grow us to the next level of glory in Him. He will use every interpersonal relationship we have to show us where we need to adapt our attitudes and actions in order to come more in line with Him. Repentance simply means that we recognize that what we are doing is not in line with God's Word. We agree with God that we seem to have gotten off track a few degrees and are headed in the wrong direction. Then with prayer, receiving forgiveness, mercy, and help at the throne of grace of our High Priest Jesus, and our choice to obey Him, we get ourselves back on God's track in the balance of the rightly divided word of truth. That action is freedom of our faith. And living in the freedom Christ died to give us is a beautiful place to live. John 8, 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, our Ephesians 6.18 text tells us. What kinds of prayers are there? We talked about the prayer of acknowledgement, asking God into our situations in life. We talked about prayer opening ourselves up for God to examine our thoughts and the intents of our hearts. We talked about the prayer of repentance. I'm not going to identify them all, but there's prayer of worship and thanksgiving, prayer of dedication of a child or an activity or a ministry, prayer of faith when we speak the word of God, choosing to believe God, prayer of intercession when we pray for others, prayer of communion with our God when we are just spending time with God and talking to him about a Bible passage we're reading or 
how we're feeling about something or anything, really. And that is what prayer is. It is talking to our God and opening ourselves up before him so that we might be changed to be more like Christ. We want people to see Christ's light in us and through us to glorify our Father in heaven, Matthew 5.16. I'm going to read the rest of this chapter passage here through verse 20, starting with 18 again. Praying at all times in the Spirit, and that's Spirit-guided prayer, with all prayer and supplication, supplications are requests that we make, to that end keep alert with all perseverance, there's the keep on keeping on in Jesus, thought, making supplication for all the saints, there's interceding for each other, verse 19, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it more boldly as I ought to speak, and that's Paul asking for prayer for himself and God's mission for him. He's asking the people to intercede for him. In the future, I will talk more about prayer. In fact, I think I'm going to do a series discussing the Lord's Prayer and even using it as a template for prayer. As we conclude this Spiritual Warfare Armor of God series, I just want to say that this is by no means a comprehensive teaching. But I believe if you listen to and study what I have here, and you seek God for wisdom and truth, this will take you a long way down the road toward what God counseled us way back when we began in verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Go forward and be doers of what you already know in the Word as you grow from glory to glory. And keep on keeping on in Jesus, everyone. Until next time. And that concludes today's segment. We hope to see you next time as you learn the extraordinary ways of loving God and others.